podcast to go go baby hello and welcome to the second episode of the famicast i am james charlton and i am joined as ever with my fellow japan correspondents mr matthew poke walker hey buddy and mr danny bivens woohoo sorry danny i couldn't make a pun on your name that's uh, okay that's okay it's quite hard to do that yeah <laughs> so um first of all we're going to um address the elephant in the room so to speak um some pretty major things went down in japan since the last episode um so we're going to talk a little bit about um the earthquake and uh the tsunami and things that have happened um and pretty much from then on it's going to be a, a normal episode we've got new business with th lots of 3ds updates and uh, we've got quite a lot of news um Unfortunately, some of them are related to the the earthquake, um, like cancelled games and things. And um, we've also got some reader mail because um, you guys have been sending us some great uh, uh, questions through the forum and through the email. So we'll, we'll get we'll tackle those. And we have another fantastic competition for you to win some cool uh, Japanese stuff. So let's get right into it. <laughs> The earthquake guys um, obviously we're all okay and um, we'd like to thank everybody who sent uh, us messages on the forums uh, asking how we were and if we're okay and everything that's you know really nice comments from people yeah really appreciate that eh? yeah indeed indeed and I think uh, I think you guys agree we're all pretty much um, the lucky ones uh, <laughs> because we got off pretty much scot-free um, yeah okay compared to the right. guys up north who, you know, even now uh, are going through some pretty tough times. So um, you can read about my experience of the day and uh, my disaster day of crisis blog is, uh, <laughs> is on the website for all to see. So I think everyone pretty much knows what happened to me on the day. Just like to know uh, what happened to you guys on the day. I mean, uh, take us uh -huh. through just, just quickly what happened. On that day, it's like it's like you're talking like from a Shenmue point of view. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. On that day, do you remember that day? What happened on that day? Exactly. Yeah. I'm looking for a man named Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was uh, that's a pretty cra crazy day though. Because so just a couple days beforehand, there I at least where I work in Shinjuku, we had you know felt you know. Uh, an earthquake or two here and there so it was it was at first it was kind of nothing spectacular it was like oh it's another earthquake whatever but then it kept going <laughs> <laughs> and uh it started to get worse and worse to the point where it, it wasn't just like sh the building I, i'm on the 26th floor of a, a really big building in shinjuku and so the <clears throat> building wasn't just like shaking back and forth but also up and down mm. so, so <laughs> crazy once that started happening, it was like, oh, wow, I need to call my wife and make sure she's okay because she's uh, pretty easily scared by that kind of stuff. So uh, I actually connected to her at first, but she had already been panicking so much that uh, she didn't realize that she was on the phone with me and she was trying to dial me. So then I hung up and tried to call her again. And after that, that's when uh, – I don't know if you guys had tried to make any phone calls that day. but uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah just I couldn't. All the, the cell service was just out. It was it was a strange thing, right? Like you couldn't call anyone, but you could still email, which was kind of weird. Right. Well, they were they were. I think the uh, companies were the mobile companies were 
making sure to, you know, block the lines on purpose so that they could, you know, give priority to all the phone calls that really needed priority, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so eventually we figured out that if we used, you know, like uh, IP services like Skype or uh, Viber, which is a, a favorite of ours anyways on the iPhone, mm-hmm. um, we were able to get through to each other. So we talked to each other, and then uh, I ended up uh, – we ended up eventually leaving the building after basically after the earthquake was done uh everyone's like okay well we need to leave the building now so uh we kind of went outside and waited to see if it was there was going to be any like really big aftershocks after that and after about i don't know maybe an hour or so uh we got the confirmation from uh i don't know by email i guess that uh you know everyone should just go home and as long as they can get home on the train or whatever do what you have to do to get home and of course, uh, I don't know if you guys tried to get on the train that day, but at least in Tokyo, the trains were just stopped completely. Yeah. So you know the, the streets were flooded with all kinds of different people. But mm-hmm. uh, I eventually, I happen to live in, I, I work in Shinjuku and live in Ikebukuro, which is really not that bad at all. Um, I, if I tried hard enough, I could probably walk in like half an hour, forty-five minutes. But yeah, I ended up walking home, and then uh, spent the rest of the evening with my wife trying to decide whether or not we were going to go home at all. But because it's this you know the 12th floor of this building we were pretty scared so we ended up just kind of walking around through the evening and then um they had uh again because the trains were all shut off uh there was a lot of people in ikebukuro ikebukuro is a, a pretty big part of town pretty big part of the uh of downtown um that people couldn't you know use the trains to get home so there were a lot of people stranded in ikebukuro and as a result of that they had um like the city hall open for people to come and, and stay in uh, over the overnight, and uh, so they had you know the radio playing, um, you know, talking about all the craziness that was going on between the quakes and the tsunami, and um, at that point by the uh, nuclear reactors and everything. Yeah, it's um, crazy. But we ended up staying the night there in the uh, the city hall in this kind of uh, uh, auditorium kind of place. Um, where there's just tons of people just, you know, just sleeping in chairs in the auditorium. So we slept over in the chairs overnight until the next day when the trains finally started up again. And then we ended up going to uh, my wife's mom's place and staying there for the next week or so out in Saitama again. Right, which is where you live, Danny, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was very strange that day just to see the trains kind of like stationary on the tracks and like all these people out on the streets and stuff. I mean, it really did feel like, you know, some kind of like apocalyptic movie type feeling it was just very very strange mm-hmm. you know but obviously very real and to see all, all the events unfold on the tv like you know they had them on the t- on the train stations and stuff because obviously the trains were off but people were crowding there as a kind of like a safe place to stay and watch the stuff mm-hmm. on the tv it was wow it's very crazy i mean yeah. I, c- I come from a country which you know doesn't have earthquakes I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys, but you know, I've I've never really felt that many earthquakes, big ones, since I got here. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was it was pretty scary, very very right. c- crazy. So how yeah. about you, Danny? Yeah, um, well, actually, too. I think Matt, you're from Chicago, is that right? No, I'm originally from Detroit, but I worked in Chicago oh, Detroit- for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm from Illinois, so you know, Midwest. So I mean, you know, it's like you know, like James said. I mean, I'm never really felt like big earthquakes. You know, li- living here in Japan, you feel earthquakes every now and again but holy crap you know that was ridiculous i mean obviously it's one of the largest earthquakes to ever hit the planet in recorded history you know um but uh on that day i was actually at work i I work at a school and it was pretty much the end of the day i was in the teacher's office just a big open room with a bunch of desks and uh, 
I remember as soon as the earthquake started, there was one other teacher in the room, and first he was like, ah, this is nothing, and just kind of sitting at his desk with his arms crossed, and, you know, at first, it was, you know, like I said, it's just, like, oh, it's just another earthquake, whatever, and then, like Matt said, it just kept on going, right. and I didn't really even know what to do, so I was just kind of, like, sitting at my desk, shaking, you know, back and forth, and just kind of looking around, seeing what all the other Japanese people were doing, and some people, like, dove under a desk, PE teacher standing next to me stood up, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll do the same thing, um, just kind of stood up, and I remember it was so bizarre, like, looking outside of the window, I was on the second floor of a fourth floor building, and uh, you could see, like, these trees just, like, swaying like crazy, it was either the trees swaying like crazy, or is the building swaying like crazy, right, so it's yeah. really, yeah, I, who knows, um, but, um, I saw that too. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it's really windy, but you go outside yeah. and there's no wind and the trees are moving yeah. like it's, you know, like it's wind blowing it. It's crazy to I see. Know, it's, it was insane. And it seemed like it just lasted forever. You know, it, I don't know exactly how long it lasted, but I mean, at least three minutes or something like that, at least. Wow. And yeah. uh, good Lord. Time goes yeah. in slow motion and in things uh, like that. Definitely. It? Definitely. And, you know, things just racing through my head, like, oh, God, what if, like, the floors above me just fall? Well, obviously, I wouldn't be here if that happened. But, you know. You don't know. Holy right? crap. Yeah, yeah exactly. And holy crap is just a yeah, terrifying experience. <laughs> and think, things that you never associate with, you know, really happening, like you see it in a movie and you think, you know, that doesn't happen in real life. Like the ground splitting and actually yeah. raising up. It's like holy shit, that really does happen? It's like, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, no Basically, after that, then we you know, evacuated the school and got all the kids. It's like a junior high, so we got all the kids out of the school onto like the school grounds, um, which maybe some of the listeners don't know. Japanese like school grounds are typically, it's like a big, open dirt field. And uh, right. it's probably, probably one of the safest places you could find in like your city where you're at. It's just a yeah. big open field. There's no wires or anything over it. It's just... Unless, like, the ground cracks and then, you know, or something like that. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's a relatively safe place to be. So we all got out there and just kind of, you know, let some of the aftershocks come by and then we eventually just let the kids go home. Um, but, yeah, same thing, too. I mean, trains just stops. I mean, luckily, I live, like, almost across the street from where I work, coincidentally. And um, so I had to worry about taking the train, but I took a walk down to the station that night. And, I mean, you just see tons of people just standing around and, really no place for them to go the trains just stuck on the track it's just, it's just crazy so that was our experiences and uh, obviously since then things have got progressively worse with um, the mm -hmm. people up north so mm -hmm. you know these guys you know they don't have any place to stay their houses have been destroyed completely basically right. they've, they've got they can't go back and even if they could rebuild their house they can't go back there because of the radiation mm -hmm. so um, they really need help. So we have a link on the website. Um, Danny did a blog about a link to the Red Cross, and you can donate right. in the currency of your choice, um, US dollars, pounds, Australian dollars, Canadian dollars. Um, so please, please donate if you can, just a little bit. And if you're not the kind of person who just likes to just give money uh, like that, but you need to kind of, you know, feel like you're getting something, um, there's a... Play for Japan. They've got things like uh, auctions and stuff, but they've got a big thing coming up. They're going to do an album, and this is a charity album for anyone interested in game music. This is a fantastic album they're putting together. It's uh, Akira Yamaoka, 
um, which he did the music for the Silent Hill and the upcoming Shadows of the Damned. And he's putting together this album with like loads of famous people on it. Um, he's got the Red Dead Redemption guy. You've got like a guy who did music for Battlestar Galactica, The Walking Dead. Like um, you've got uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, the Chrono Trigger guy. He also did uh, Zen Xenoblade as well. And uh, Nobuo Uematsu, who does uh, lots of the Final Fantasy music and Blue Dragon, stuff like that. So you've got pretty much every famous Japanese uh, composer on this album. So if you go to playforjapan.org slash album, you can uh, read all about that. I don't think it's available to buy yet, but it, it's coming soon. So please uh, uh, swing by and, uh, yeah, get that awesome album and help Japan. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You can enjoy your music while you uh, help out people in need. Sounds good to me. Win-win, win-win situation. Okay, so with the earthquake business out of the way, um, let's go straight into new business. So this is all 3DS stuff still, right? Um, let's get some updated impressions. How about you, Danny? You've been playing lots of Layton and Nintendogs, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, um, you did a review of uh, Professor Layton. Uh, I, did so, I did some uh, impressions. impressions. Lengthy impressions, and you've been doing lots of uh, cool Nintendogs uh, kind of updates, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, with Layton, um, I think I've mentioned it before. Like, I never really played a Layton game until I actually played the 3DS version. And um, you know, playing Layton after having never played it, and then not only that, playing it in Japanese, it's, it's a bit tough. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes like just the wording of the stuff with some of the puzzles, even you know, in English, it could probably be a little bit difficult. But, like that. in Japanese, sometimes it's just like you know, wordplay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, jeez. But, you know, it, it's still, like, it's so much fun. It's just really clever. Um, I've really enjoyed, you know, what I played of it. I think I played, like, uh, six, seven hours, something like that. And um, there's just a lot of really cool little things in there. Um, I mean, apart from the, you know, the main story, there's also, like, a, like three separate little mini-games in, Layton, in Layton's bag. Um, I know one of them, um, some people are kind of interested in. It's, like, this little bunny that you can train um but like it's at one point you're like outside of like this hotel and there's this circus worker he's like oh man these bunnies are terrible they can't do anything they're not doing what i want them to do i'm just gonna get rid of them and then luke's like hey wait a second i speak bunny i could like help these bunnies out <laughs> like That's awesome. what yeah like okay and so he's like all right cool dude you could just have one of these bunnies i don't even care um so, so then luke takes the bunny and then yeah sure enough he starts talking to him and but then there's like some. <laughs> what words does bunny that like, sound like? Because don't rabbits it, they don't make any sound. Well, apparently they do enough for Luke to understand. <laughs> um, this sounds a bit I mean, far fetched to me. I don't think I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, it's it's based in reality? Question mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but anyway, it's like sometimes when Luke's like talking to the bunny, still because he's not like perfectly fluent in bunny, there's still like weird little <laughs> words that he doesn't know. And so it's just it's just kind of a little cute bunny type of thing. He took a minor at college, but, you know, he gets by. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so, so yeah. Danny, what would you say are your favorite um, examples of puzzles in the game? Because a lot of people are asking, you know, obviously you can't force the 3D in puzzles because people 
some people can't see 3D. So um, right. can you give us some examples of like some really good puzzles that you've tackled and um, if they use 3D, how did they use it? Okay, well, there's this one puzzle. It's kind of set up as like this uh, chessboard kind of. Um, you have like all these different colors of bunnies, like um, chess bunnies, um, like black, <laughs> black Again with and the white ones. <laughs> yes, I, hey, you know. Um, basically, you're trying to make all the bunnies be like, I, I believe, like white. So if you jump, you know, one set of bunnies, then it, turn, it changes their color from what they are. Like, say, you, you, know, you jump them with the white one and you jump over like some black ones, then they'll turn white. Oh, okay. and you're basically trying to, you're basically trying to do that until you can get the whole board to be white. So is it like one of those one of those games where you, you press a button and then like the buttons around it will light up but then like what is it like certain buttons or it'll be you press a button and then mm-hmm. the buttons around it depending on whether they're lit up or not will light up or or uh, turn off and then you have yeah. to you have to hit the buttons in the right order so that they all light up at the same time. Eh? Kind of like that. Yeah. But with, um, with slightly racial undertones you know changing <laughs> <laughs> black bunnies to white bunnies. Mm. Yeah. So, depending on whichever one they made come out on top, I don't remember. Maybe that's what they're saying. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so was that, 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 was that hard? No, no. Well, no, it was actually probably the funnest one I played. Funnest it wasn't, like, super difficult, mm-hmm. but um, it, was, it was a lot of fun to play. Um, one of them that I played that was just ridiculous, um, it's, like, these two guys, and they have, like, these three cups and a ball. And they're like, you know, sw- moving the thing around where they say, okay, the ball's here. And then they like start moving it around and you follow it with your eyes. Then you're supposed to pick it. And then that'll be the one, you know, uh, where the ball is. But I-, I swear to God, I was probably sitting playing this game for about 45 minutes maybe. Wow. Because I was following it every time. And I knew that was the one that it should be. And every single time it was wrong. Wow. And then in, in the game... One of the because it's like a pair of guys, like the guy who's like running the little box, and another guy's like, "Oh, I'm so good at this game," and just like always getting it right. And you're like, "I don't believe this, man." So then I just started kind of picking random ones, and I eventually got it. But I, I figured it out. Um, it, it was like where it starts is where it's always going to be. It, it, it doesn't even make any sense because it, it shouldn't be from what you could see with your eyes, and it just. I wonder if there was uh, some kind of clue in the Japanese somewhere about that. that there that probably was. Some cryptic I, message, you know. It's not, yeah, like it's I said, not it, where it is. It's, it's, it's the two away from where it actually should be or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah. stuff like that made it like, a little bit frustrating. But, you know, like I said, it's still a lot of fun. And, um, so that was, a, I, that was um, like poly- polygonal 3D, like the cups were moving and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? And, and, you know, with, with, the, with the 3D on or off, it doesn't really matter. So do you get, are there any examples of where the 3D gives you a little more of an edge, like a little hint? You know, you could do it without the 3D, but it kind of helps. Is there anything like that? I really don't think so. Uh, from what I've seen, it, it doesn't really matter if you're using it in 3D or if you're not. Um, mm-hmm. And I, maybe that's intentional because, I, you know, because like, like, you know, it's obviously an optional mm-hmm. thing for the 3DS, even though that's, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, but... Um, right. I don't think they wanted to maybe build too much on that, just in case some people just totally hated 3D or something. No, I mean, yeah, I so. can't even imagine. I'd be curious to find out what people would would think constitutes, you know, a, a use of 3D that could only be done, you know, in 3D. Because let's face it, man. Aside from what Miyamoto is always talking about, as far as being able to just better understand like where Mario is underneath a block, mm-hmm. uh, you know, physically speaking, I just I don't really see what there could possibly be that. Mm-hmm constitutes you know like oh wow well i mean this can only be done because it's a 3d so 
Well, I was just thinking. I was just thinking of a, a puzzle example, like the cup mm -hmm. example that you mentioned. You know, let's mm -hmm. say um, in two D, all the cups look the same, but um, mm -hmm. in three D, if you turn up the thing, maybe you can see a slight indentation, like it's slightly bumped out or something like that. You know, just just an, as an example, you know, something like that, where you could in do it case, in two D, but you know, three D gives you an edge. I don't know. Maybe maybe in the event that uh, there was like some kind of like you know eye tricks going on, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe then I could see that. Like, for instance, if if there was in the the 3D image, you could you could tell that perhaps like you know the the cups were yeah moving you know forward or backward or wherever. Whereas in a 2D image, perhaps you would only see the cups you know moving on the same plane, not really be able to tell you know which is in the front, which is in the back. That I could see. Gotcha. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah something like that. So um, you haven't quite finished, Leighton. No, I I heard it's maybe somewhere around like 15 hours or something, but. I've been playing pretty slow, <laughs> so I probably would have maybe like another 15 hours on top of what I already have, prob <laughs> probably. <laughs> You're still in but, the introduction stage. <laughs> yes, the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. And and you like the 3D in the rest of the game, like um, like when the characters are talking and like exploring oh, yeah. the villages and stuff? People have said oh, yeah, that's, that's great. nice effects there, right? Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, the little areas where you, you have like a magnifying glass thing that you move around on the bottom screen mm -hmm. with the touch with the with the stylus, and when you move that around, then you could kind of like zoom in on stuff and click stuff. But on the upper screen, that's where everything's kind of like you know, in three, obviously in three D. But you can really get a sense of depth, and you can say, oh, there's something behind there, or you know, something oh. like that. It, I mean, you know, if you turn it off, it, you could still see stuff, but it's just so. It just gets you a little bit. It's a little bit more immersive, you know, with the 3D effect on. Anything to say about Nintendogs? I mean, you've been writing lots of uh, uh, your, yeah. your Nintendog diary. Nintendo. Diary. Yeah. Um, is there anything <laughs> yes. to add onto that since then? Well, uh, I'm trying this experiment where when my dog poops, I'm not trying to pick it up. And <laughs> <laughs> um, they had the, the people in the town haven't said anything yet. So I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't I just want to see what happens. Wouldn't, you know? wouldn't it be so cool if there's like a wanted poster with your me came up and it's like, yeah, have you actually, seen this man? He lets his dog, you know, poop every, all over the town. Right, that right. would be awesome. I yeah. Or just I just love for one of the guy like other me's to walk up and be like, hey, you need to clear the dog's poop. No, <laughs> just keep doing it. <laughs> a little me police officer comes over. Well, God, Danny, Danny, I have a, I have a serious question. Um, I, I have okay. a dog, and I take him for walks around Japan. And you know, uh, often when I'm taking him for a walk, and we come up and we come across these little parcels on the ground, and when I mm -hmm. when I pick them up, like uh, mm -hmm. a hat or um, some kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. dog toy, kind of jumps out of it, and then I just keep it. Uh -huh. and I either put it on my dog, or I just you know I, I just leave it oh, there if okay. I don't like it. Does yeah, any, you know, is there anything like that in Nintendogs? Yeah, surprisingly, there is. You know, I remember I remember just seeing all the presents littered all over the ground where I live too, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, this makes so much sense. It's in the game. You know, it's awesome. just totally mimicking real life." So based on so, reality, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you give us an example of a of a thing that you found? Um, I always find these. I don't even know what it is. It just looks like a keychain. It's like I don't know. It's so dumb, and I have like five of them and the only thing you could do is just throw it around and your dog just like chews on it and like, okay <laughs> yeah that's deep man. that's real deep <laughs> yeah i know oh my god cool okay so we'll we'll hold off on street fighter 4 because um I, i'm i'm pretty sure matt has got um lots to say about that
talk about your uh, online uh, experiences together. So Matt, um, have you got anything to say about Street Fighter 4? Um, like offline first? Yeah, I mean, mainly, you know, I've, I've, that's basically what I've been doing is playing Street Fighter 4. Um, and I, I, yeah, I've been, I've been playing it offline and, and online as well. I finally got a chance to play it online because, you know, I don't have internet at home, which mm-hmm. is why I have to record this podcast from a, uh, a coffee shop <laughs> near where I live. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was, I was out at uh, my wife's mother's place. And so, you know, I actually have internet there. So uh, cool. one day I was just sitting there playing Street Fighter and it occurred to me, oh, I can use the internet to play Street Fighter online. So uh, <laughs> I wrote a blog about it. But, you know, the first thing I did was, you know, spend several hours playing against uh, random Japanese people online. And at first I didn't bother to use the option for, you know, trying to play against people that are about the same skill as you. So <laughs> right. that resulted in me playing against people with, like, really high, like, uh, skill points. Um and basically just getting my ass kicked over and over and over and over again, Um, which was cool, which I actually really enjoyed because, um, you know, it it was fun to be able to play against them and kind of see, like, what what kind of skills, what kind of technique I would need in order to get better at at beating them. And several times I actually, you know, figured out, you know, their weaknesses and and managed to uh, continuously beat them after I figured that out. But then there were plenty of people as well that just managed to continually floor me over and over. So uh, after doing that, uh, we were sending some emails uh, over the website, and Danny had mentioned that, you know, we should definitely play against each other. So we ended up doing that later that evening, and uh, we had a pretty good good time, right? Lag-free experience and everything? Yeah, yeah. It, perfect. No lag at all. Everything was going perfectly. Yep. Except for me getting my butt kicked every <laughs> single match. <laughs> so Matt wasn't kidding when he said he was a bit of a, a Street Fighter fan then. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I like the Street Fighter. So <laughs> right now, so lately, uh, I've been spending my time trying to get through the game. I, I was, I've always, I'm always this kind of guy that I like to uh, when I get a fighting game. I like to play it on the hardest level and then try to like you know beat the uh, the secret bosses or whatever on the hardest level. And so you know, in this game, that would be like uh, Akuma, right? Mm-hmm. And to play against him, I guess you had. I'm I'm not entirely sure what the uh, conditions are because I haven't done it yet. But I figured, like, read online this week that it involves getting X number of perfects and, and losing, you know, like only up to like three rounds. Um, oh, I see. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, and that's actually, I mean, aside from the whole perfect thing, I mean, I can beat the game on the hardest level without, like, you know, losing. Well, I don't know about without losing a round, without losing a match, anyways. Um, so I was like, oh, if I can just get a couple of perfects, I'm good to go. And so the first time I tried it, I, I, I managed to get like three or four perfects, but then I got beat by the last boss before getting to Kuma. <laughs> and ever since then, it's just been like, there's been like one or two conditions that somehow I just ba- managed to barely like not get. So as a result, I've been playing the game a lot. And that's also resulted in uh, me basically making my my thumb raw from using the control pad so much. <laughs> so you, you use the uh, the pad, not the stick, right? I use Yeah, I use the pad. I use the pad. Or, well, I use the, the directional pad as opposed to the circle pad because right, right, right. It's, it's just easier for me to pull everything off. I don't nerf as many moves that way. Matt, so, who, is, who is the last boss um, before the, um, the, the secret Akuma boss? Who is the regular? So the last boss is this guy named Seth. Oh, who, right, uh, yeah. Right, he, uh, he like he looks he, he looks kind of like uh, I don't know like a like a prototype version of, of the last boss of Street Fighter Three in a way um, because he's you know just kind of like this 
I don't know. Like I, I think it looks like the nemesis from Resident Evil. <laughs> That's one way to put it. I mean, but you know, it's 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 like this amorphous body, right? It's like what would happen if if you know you took uh, like a, a sculpture of the human body and just like you know took away all identifying marks and everything and painted him you know gray. Seth, and so Seth is best based on a, a Capcom employee, right? He's a. Uh, oh, the name is yeah. Um, the guy. <laughs> Seth Killian, right? Yeah, Seth, Seth Killian, Killian. Yeah. Have you have you met that guy? Um, I've met, you know, I've never met him at work, but I've met him before I started working at Capcom, you know, All right, I, cool. I introduced myself a couple of times. Yeah. But yeah, he's a big street fighter fan. So I guess they <laughs> took, they took Seth's name from Seth Killian. Seth. Right. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah, I've just been making my thumb raw from playing too much street fighter offline over the last couple of days. <laughs> That's been my, awesome. my gaming experiences lately. Great. So, um, as I don't have a 3DS still. Uh, Loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> intentionally, I'm I'm waiting, much like uh, like Johnny Metz. I'm waiting for you know the eShop and lots of other things, and you know compatibility with other regions. Are you wait, are you waiting for a specific game, or are you just waiting for like all the the features that are supposed to come in May? Then yes, all of the above. <laughs> okay. I, I think I'll definitely get Street Fighter Four by then, uh, which will probably. You know, be a few bucks less than uh, the uh, current price. So yeah, I don't mind waiting. I never get game. I never get systems at launch anyway. I always wait a little bit, and it's it tends to work in my favor usually. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I've been playing a 2DS game. Um, I found this uh, in a uh, a local game shop. I went on two. Nice, very nice. I think is the full title like Os Os Tatake Oendan or something like that. It's got a very long title. Yeah. Um, and this is, I played this, uh, this is the first time I've, I've actually played a Oendan game. I mean, uh, the original Oendan game, because I've had Elite Beat Agents since whenever it came out, uh, and I absolutely love it. But um, I've never actually played the, the originals, what they're based on. So uh, this is my first experience. And it's amazing to see how close they got with uh, Elite Beat Agents, like how uh, accurate the uh, translation that they did on it. It's fantastic. I mean, obviously I'm looking at it like I played Elite Beat Agents first. So in a strange way, I'm like, wow, this is really this is a really good copy of Elite Beat Agents. And I know that's not the case, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, okay, full disclosure, I'm not a big Japanese music fan uh, in general. Oh my God, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> I, my, my ears tend to bleed when I hear J-pop. Um, so <laughs> it takes, it has to be a pr damn good song for me to, you know, you know, listen to the whole song <laughs> of a J-pop music. <laughs> so most of the music is not too, uh, you know, offensive to my ears, but, um, there are, there are a couple <laughs> of songs which, you know, are not too bad. Um, but it's all about the gameplay and, uh, and the stories and everything, you know, the uh, the cutscenes and the animation and everything, it's it's all awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, but it's just very hard to kind of you know put my mind in a in a way that like uh, this was the game that came first. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking like you know why doesn't it have more songs that I recognize? You know why can't it, okay. why can't it be more like <laughs> Elite Beat Agents? Which is ridiculous, but you know that's I just can't help it. That's the way I'm thinking. But yeah, it's a, it's a great game, and if you if you are a fan of EBA, I would definitely recommend uh, trying to import it. I got it for like six hundred yen, nice. uh, which is hmm. I don't know, is that like five dollars or something? Like, uh, 
something like maybe seven bucks. Oh, seven yeah, it's going to be seven. yeah. Right now the yen is pretty strong. It's about like eighty one yen to the dollar, something to that effect. So it's probably at seven eight nine bucks, something like that. But that's yeah, still yeah. that's still an awesome deal. So where yeah. where exactly did you buy that? Yeah, it was just a uh, just a local game shop, uh, second hand oh, okay, okay. game shop. The um, and as with everything in in secondhand games in Japan, the the box is in you know beautiful perfect condition oh. with the manual and everything you know mm-hmm. almost like new condition, which you know people take mm-hmm. such good care of things here. It's, you know, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> so yeah, I still haven't played Oendon the first game, so I don't know. I might, mm-hmm. I might pick it up if I see it for a similar price. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you guys played all three of those games? Yeah. I haven't played. Yes. I haven't played any of them, and I, I really want to. I've I've heard you know only good things about them, and it's one of those you know one of the many games on the DS that it's just you know on my list that I really want to play at some point. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I first started off with the Windown Two. Actually, I bought it when it was like new here. Mm-hmm. It was like about fifty eight hundred yen at the time. Wow. Um, and then after that, I found the first Windown at like a used shop, like I don't know something like a thousand yen. And um, then I got when I went back to the states, I found the Tweet agents for like ten bucks. And so completely the reverse order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brilliant. <clears throat> yeah, and which 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 one do you prefer, Danny? Well, I, I'm really partial to a Windon too because that right. kind of introduced me to the mm-hmm. series, if you will. Um, and there, I don't know, there's some cool songs in there that I really like and um, really got used to. But I, I, Elite Beat Agents is still I really like it a lot too some cool stuff on there my, my first experience with the, the Oendon game was a really bad one I, I walked into a shop and I and there was one on display and mm-hmm. I was like what is this game it's like I could see these like you know male cheerleaders which <laughs> which, which I have seen at uh, like certain school events I, I, I know what they're based on you know these are real mm-hmm. you know this is a real thing and it's like all these like things flashing up and I was like I was touching it, but it wasn't. It was all like I was getting X's all the time. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" I like I couldn't hear the music, so I couldn't like hear the rhythm ah. and anything. So I was like, "This game sucks. I'm never going to play this game ever." And then when I heard about Elite Beat Agents, and then I got it, and I was like, "Ah, okay, I get it now. This game is awesome." <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not a good uh, kind of demo. Uh, like a demo kiosk game if you don't have headphones no and you don't have instructions what to do it's very confusing right uh, makes sense. <laughs> right, right. Makes sense. cool so let's move on to news we got a lot to cover today there's been a lot going on the last couple of weeks so yeah, lots of Japan news to cover today. Uh, the first one, big one, uh, Nintendo building their new R&D facility in Kyoto. Uh, this, they're spending a hell of a lot of yen. They're 12 billion yen to make this new uh, facility in Kyoto. Um, once it's done, uh, they're going to have uh, 1,500 employees in this place. Uh, it's going to be their main research facility. If everything goes to plan, it should be finished by next uh, January. So, yeah, what do you guys think then? This uh, new uh, facility being built. Have you ever got, have you guys ever visited the the place in Kyoto? Nintendo's HQ. No, that's something. That's one of those things that you know, love to do. It's funny. I was actually. Uh, it just so happens that I have a friend uh, for, who lives in Kyoto that who's actually visiting us today right now, and. Um, 
back back uh, a couple months ago, we went and visited him actually, and uh, I pulled up a map at the time because I was like, I wonder where Nintendo is in relation to where we are, and it, it ended up being just a couple blocks away. We still didn't end up going. That's <laughs> hmm. like one of those things that even if it's just a matter of, just, I mean, obviously you can't get into the building or do anything, but it's one of those things that would just be great to just walk in front yeah. of the building. But I, like, I, oh. I've done that. I've I've got photos of me mm-hmm. posing outside, and um, mm-hmm. I swear I saw this like uh, kind of tinted out. A black car kind of drive in as I was there and I, I swear I think it was uh, Miyamoto in that car nice um, but yeah I, I went in and I asked the security guard I said can I go into the like the foyer and just take some pictures and he's like no way <laughs> they don't even let you within the compound you know <laughs> you know I, I, I actually went there too um, back in 2007 um, I was still a university student at the time I was just finishing up school and uh, me and one of my German buddies we were just like hey let's go down to Kyoto this because, and <laughs> the first thing before we left, I was like looking up the address and stuff online. I was like, "Awesome, I got it!" So we took a night bus down there. Worst experience of my life. Oh yeah, those Ugh. night buses are bad, man. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't sleep. You know, you have kids crying, and it's just uncomfortable. And God. Yeah, for anybody who anybody doesn't know, in Japan, you can take the Shinkansen, you can take the bullet train ticket, you know, across the country if you want. But that ends up costing you, like, for instance, to get from Tokyo to like Kyoto, it's probably going to be about 140 bucks one way, 150 bucks. So the other thing you can do, the more economical option is for about half the price, you can take a bus overnight. So from, for instance, from Shinjuku to like Kyoto, you can go overnight uh, at like maybe 10, 11 p.m. until 5 a.m. or something to that effect. You're on this bus and uh, yep. people are trying to sleep. These buses are these buses are driven by robots, obviously, because you know uh, <laughs> it's all night, so you know no human could stay awake all night. Well, you know no Japanese way. people it's are like indistinguishable yeah. from robots. So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I uh, we yeah we ro- we rolled we rolled into Kyoto at about like five forty five, and from there we walked. Wow, that's hard. We, we found it. We found it by eight o'clock. It's and, quite uh, hard to find, I, right? Like from the station, it it's is. Not, it's, it's not as easy as it looks on Google Maps. No, it's <laughs> it's it's definitely not. And this is I don't know. I didn't even use like Google Maps or anything. I just had the address, and I don't know. We had like a physical, like a paper map. <laughs> you know, this is before iPhones were in Japan, or, you know. Before I don't know, they had like still cool stuff, but my cell phone sucked, so I couldn't do <laughs> any the, cool the weirdest stuff thing anyway. for me was like when I was kind of quite near to it, I was asking people uh, where the Nintendo place was, and nobody knew. They were like, "Huh, Nintendo? What? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Are you kidding me? This company like yeah. put your country on the map, and you don't even know that you live right next door to it." <laughs> yeah. I- I, I didn't know because, like, up at the top of the building, like at the very high point, they have Nintendo in kanji, mm. and I had no idea what it was. And then somebody at like a convenience store was saying, like, "Yeah, just look for this kanji." And I was like, uh, "Okay." And then I found it. It's like, "Dude, awesome! There it is!" And walked up there, and yeah, like you said, walked to the gate. It was during um, the summer vacation in Japan when the country is like on vacation, <laughs> yeah. you know. Right. Um, like everybody, yeah, the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so actually I went up and I asked him, I was like, hey, can I talk to Mr. Miyamoto? And, <laughs> wow, you got some but, balls asking but you, that. Yeah, but but you know what, he, did, he didn't say no. They just said, oh, he's on summer vacation now. So <laughs> oh, That's good for you. That's a, that's a very kind yeah. way to you yeah. know, lie to yeah. you. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's surprisingly nice, yeah, seriously, yeah. man. <laughs> very nice way. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Uh, this new place that they're building is going to have, like I said, 1,500 employees, all based on product development and research. So what do you think? The Wii 2? Is that going to be, like, 
designed there or well, it's probably already in production in some way oh Shake whatever whatever it is man whatever it is i mean yeah. jesus they're, they're gonna need it virtual boy too obviously obviously you know? <laughs> what do you mean that's already out it's called the 3ds yeah. but oh, okay virtual boy three <laughs> Well, you know, and interestingly enough, you know, we heard this news, and then actually just a day or two ago, uh, the news came out that last year Sony actually beat Nintendo in system sales, both uh, right. portable and, uh, and home console, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever it is, they're they're definitely going to need it, um, especially with all the talk lately about whether or not the smartphone business is going to affect the home console business or portable business at all. Mm -hmm. They're going to need to do everything they can to make sure that they can stay one step ahead of the game and, you know, continue to create these games that appeal to as many people as humanly possible that they're willing to put the money on, right? Right. Yeah. And, you, and Nintendo has tons of money, so, I mean, it's not like that's an issue. It's just, you know, I don't know. obviously with the next console, it's like it's kind of up in the air. I mean, nobody knows what they're going to do, and I can't even imagine <laughs> where they go from here with the, with the home console, you know. Yeah, but um, nobody knows. I'm, I'm sure... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have, they're cooking up something cool, I hope. The, the only thing <laughs> and, that I um, can imagine right now is some kind of uh, combination of Connect and, uh, you know, Wii Motion Plus. You know, something where it's recognizing your whole body, your face, something maybe even better than Connect together with a, with a mm -hmm. controller. But, um, yeah. you know, it's anybody's whatever guess. It is. Whatever it is, hopefully it'll be something accessible enough that everybody will enjoy playing it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. So what's next? So uh, next we have Cubic Ninja comes out on April seventh for three thousand nine hundred ninety yen. Cool. Have, so, you, have you guys seen this? I glanced a little bit at it. Actually, I had no idea about it until just the other day, and I was like, actually, it looks kind of interesting. Yeah, but they've been running some uh, uh, TV commercials actually for this. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, no, no kid. No, I there's. Seen uh, it. It's kind of like a guy, and he's. Is kind of like uh, moving the 3DS around because it's it's all um, tilt based. Ah. Yeah. You, you don't control the touchscreen or the D-pad at all. It's entirely you know uh, just tilting, and he's kind of like you know moving his body all around and kind of like upside down and stuff. It's uh, it's I don't know. I <laughs> I have some reservations about how this is gonna you know work with 3D. I mean, if you're turning the 3DS upside down at points, I mean, <laughs> I can't really see how the 3D you can you can retain the 3D effect, you know. Well, I could be mistaken, but I thought I had heard that this game was originally going to be in 3D, but then the makers decided that because it's touch-based, mm. or uh, I'm sorry, because it's tilt-based, they decided to take the 3D element out. I heard that about Pac-Man, but I don't know. Uh, okay, well, I would I would hope it's the case with Cubic Ninja as well. So if, um, what it is, it's, it's kind of a puzzle game, isn't it? You've got to m move this, uh, this, you know, basically a cube, <laughs> a black cube with a ninja face, and you've got to guide him through all these obstacles, avoiding fire and enemies and stuff. I don't know. Uh, it kind of looks more like a downloadable game to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially, you know, with uh, all the different tilt-based games that have come out on the App Store, right? Mm. It it's, it's just sounds like one of these titles that the the gameplay could not possibly be deep enough that it warrants a 4,000 yen True price. Though, the 4,000 yen price is like the low end here, but still, it's a little True enough, <laughs> expensive. Maybe yeah. you can download it from the eShop in the future for 4,000 Wii points. Or do a 3DS points. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what do we got next, Danny? Um, looks like Pac-Man Championship Edition and Galaga Legions is actually due out in Japan on the 23rd, and it's going to be right at around 5,000 yen. Um, 
I remember from what I've read about this game, um, there's like, I think it's like six games, basically, in right. one, more or less. Um, you know, you got the original Pac-Man. Um, original Pac-Man? Wow, we've never had that I, before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Imagine that. <laughs> um, yeah. Galaga, and then... So they've got the, the, yeah, the championship edition. This is exciting. Yes. Right? This is the XBLA um, kind of remix version, which everyone's going crazy about. Yeah. Right, right. So they have you know Pac-Man championship edition in there too. Galaga Legions, there it is. The um, Galaga yeah, Legions, the kind of remixed version, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely I would definitely pick this up. I mean, Pac-Man championship edition on a 3DS, it just makes sense, right? And with the crazy yeah, kind of yeah. particle effects and stuff, you know, in 3D, you think it'd be cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, but so would too. it be cool Looks... for 5,000 yen is the question. I'm sorry? I'm sorry. I said, but would it be cool for 5,000 yen is the question. Ah, uh, right. Uh... Oh, um... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> if they could split it up into, you know, like 500 yen blocks, you know, I would definitely buy the championship edition the Pac-Man Championship Edition section of that, but yeah, as a whole thing, I don't know. I'm not really a huge Gallagher fan. I don't know. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> but yeah, if that's the way that Nintendo are going, uh, we don't really have a choice. Man, I'm having serious exactly. reservations about 3DS wear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last two games we just mentioned, you know, could easily be downloadable games, right? Yeah, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from that, uh, talking about downloadable games, the uh, Virtual Console this month, another two huge megaton-type games. Uh, last episode, we talked about uh, Final Fantasy VI, and this month, we're getting Chrono Trigger. Holy crap. Nice. That's crazy. And uh, also Mega Man X, which, is, which just That's came it. out, uh, like yesterday, I think. Um, so that is what Mega I'm Man talking X, about, baby. <laughs> Big fans of Mega Man X, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Mega Man X is one of my favorite 16-bit games ever, man. That is such an awesome game. That's a game that Capcom needs to do something with, man. Yeah. How many Mega Man X games were there in the end? On, oh, God, on, the, on the SNES? Five or, oh, God. On the SNES, there were three. There were three on the SNES. And then on the PlayStation 1, there was Mega Man X 4 and 5, I believe. There might have been a 6, but I'm pretty sure there was at least up to 5. I remember playing Mega Man X 5 on PlayStation 1. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation took over the uh, the reign, so to speak, didn't they, with Mega Man? All right. Yeah. What about you, Danny? Are you a Mega I, Man fan? Um, I like Mega Man. Um, I haven't played too many of the games. Actually. I, I actually prefer the Mega Man X to the originals. I don't know if that's blasphemy to say mm-hmm. that, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm more of a fan of the 16-bit uh, era. <laughs> no, I, t- I totally agree. Well, I agree on both counts. But for Mega Man X, I mean, Mega Man X had such it was it had this really cool like it was a slightly more serious you know backdrop and everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, additionally, you know, the uh, the character design this time. See what happens is, um, even though you know Funetan is credited with uh, the character design for Mega Man. Uh, you know, he kind of took the reins of the Mega Man series eventually. The person that actually create the, created the character design for the first Mega Man was uh, wh- whoever his boss was at the time. But then the first de- character design for the Mega Man, for at least of Mega Man, that Inafune-san came up with all on his own was the Mega Man X. Right. Uh, but that was just such a cool game. I mean, you know, the yeah, first time cool. that you were able to power up weapons and everything, it was it was hot, man. And then, of course, the secret <laughs> being able to uh, get the Hadouken ability that, <laughs> right, yeah, that the you know you could 
That's you could cool. take out literally almost anything in the game with one hit. I think the only the only boss that took more than one hit was uh, the last version of Sigma, I think. But man, that was a lot of fun. Hadouken. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't actually say it though, did he? Yeah, yeah, he had this a lot to walk in. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah. That's awesome. That. I'm pretty sure it was. I know I know that in uh, Mega Man X 2, or th- uh, two when they, they put in the Shoryuken instead, I know for a fact he... No, he said Hadouken. But then for the Shoryuken, it was just uh, a sound effect, I believe. Right. So yeah. what about Chrono Trigger? I mean, uh, I know Greg uh, is going to talk about this on RFN, so um, I'd definitely check out that for more on that. But... Uh, Chrono Trigger, I don't know if you guys knew, knew this, but uh, it never actually came out in Europe. <laughs> like, hmm. okay, literally, n- not a single release in the whole I'll year. I'll for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was all in the official Nintendo magazines. I was, like, following it, like, every month, you know, an extra screenshot. It's like, wow, it looks amazing. Big fan of Secret of Mana, so, you know, definitely, you know, something to look forward to. And then, boom, that's it. Nope, not coming out. See ya. So, <laughs> so this is going to have the square tax, 900 uh, uh, points. Uh, are you guys going <laughs> to pick this up on the Japanese Virtual Console? Or? Eh, I'm probably going to hold off. Do you have um, the DS version? or? I don't. I have the original PlayStation version. Um, ugh, God, it's terrible with all the load oh, times. Man, load times <laughs> and stuff, yeah, no doubt. I don't know. I, I, I kind of do want to get the DS version. Uh, but then again, I, having on a Virtual Console, I love Virtual Console stuff just because... Uh-huh. Maybe I'll wait for like a, maybe a US release of it. Mm. If it comes. Yeah, I think I would comes. go for the DS, the DS version too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've I've actually I know this is blasphemy, but I've never played Chrono Trigger. So what I would really like to do is, what, as opposed to getting it on um, virtual console, I'd really like to get the DS version at some point. I think it'd be very much worth my money. I mean, for us guys who commute a lot, I mean, these games make a lot more sense to have, you know, on, on the go, right? Yeah, definitely. Because I don't know about you, but I can't spend, you know, like 16 hours in front of my TV <laughs> playing, you know, these epic <laughs> RPGs these days. Just don't have the time anymore, right? Right, right. So, yeah. But it's cool to have it. So, obviously, because of the apocalypse in Japan, several games were delayed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, for instance, Steel Diver was delayed until this month, April. Uh, Dead or Alive Dimensions was also delayed. We have Pro Yaku Spirits 2011 delayed. Looks like it's going to be released on April 14th. And The Sims 3 is apparently going to be released on April 1st. So all these different games. There was also, uh, unrelated to Nintendo, the uh, Yakuza of the End, right? The the new Yakuza right. game. That's totally cancelled, right? No, no, that's not cancelled. That's delayed until, I believe, until further notice. But the okay. funny thing is, there's a huge billboard for it right outside of my place in Ikebukuro that, that has the original release date on the billboard. So I'm sure there's, <laughs> when was there's a the lot of original confusion. release date? It was, uh, it, was in, it was in the end of March. I can't remember oh, off the top right. of my head, but... Hmm. Yeah. Actually, I think I saw I think I saw that billboard in Akihabara the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the date exactly, but it sounds like. Is, is it a poster of the guy with a gun for an arm? <laughs> that's the, that's that game, right? Uh, is is that was that it? It's it's the one. It's the Yakuza game where they decided to the zombie one, basically right? turn into a zombie shooter, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Right? I think so I think a, the yeah. head guy has got like a, his arm is a gun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't know, Danny, like, b- 
being that you know these 3ds games have been delayed has this affected like any of the purchases you were planning on making or no yeah yeah actually i was gonna buy steel diver it was gonna it was coming out initially originally on um the 17th of march and right. you know i was set to like go and get it and then like a few days before they're like nope it's delayed like, uh, i wonder why that is yeah. i mean it's i don't know it's vaguely related i mean I mean, it's water-based, you know. There's a tsunami in, in Japan, but, like, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning for that was. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. And, you know, I actually thought that... I, I checked Nintendo's side. I didn't see any, like, actual rescheduled release date. I mean, I don't think they're just going to scrap it. I'm pretty sure that it's been moved until the middle of this month. Um, but I, okay. I think that Nintendo just decided that after the quake, they want to do their best not to make too much news, apparently, because um, mm. if you looked at the website at all over this over the last couple of weeks, you'd see that mm. there's really, especially compared to how many updates their website had prior to the 3DS coming out, <clears throat> the, their website has been almost... It's, it's barely been updated at all. Basically, they put up the the message saying, you know, that we're sorry for, you know, and we expend, extend our uh, condolences to all the people that have been affected by the, the apocalypse. But and they donated a, a lot of money, right, to the yeah, yeah. to the yeah. cause. But other than that, right. their their website updates have been very sporadic. Uh, after that, they basically put out the message that Steel Diver was going to be delayed and. Uh, until they put out the release regarding the virtual console releases. There was nothing else on their website over the last couple of weeks. Well, it's weird because I've been watching these annoying Steel Diver uh, commercials on TV for the past, <laughs> like, three weeks. Oh, dude, you're talking about with uh, what, what Slim Club, right? I don't know what the guy is. It, I mean, it's on a submarine, right? And he's and the, the one guy's looking through the periscope and the other guy's on the 3DS doing the periscope mode and there's some kind of banter back and forth, but... I don't know, yeah, it the, really uh, gets on my nerves. You have like the tall, the tall, the tall, thin guy with like the facial hair and the right, right, like, right. Uh, the guy with the yeah, face. Yeah, man, Slim Club. They're this, uh, they're this comedy <laughs> duo. They're they're kind of like the hot thing right now. Japan, those guys are hilarious. I guess they're a, they're a <laughs> comedy duo, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a manzai duo. Yeah, <laughs> those guys are funny, man. I'm not a big fan of Japanese comedy, probably because I don't really get it. <laughs> but it's <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is definitely crap. I got, I got to admit. But there's, there's certain ones that you know, after you've lived here long enough and you've watched enough Japanese television, you actually start to get it. <laughs> well, it's, it's actually talking about um, TV adverts, TV commercials. The, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but they've, they've cut back pretty much every commercial as, as being, as not right. being shown at the moment. It's, they're only showing about two or three of the same commercials constantly. These right. um, AC commercials. Right, right, right. And they're very mm -hmm. kind of, you know, morose and they're very kind of like, you know, Gambare Nihon, you know, let's, you know, let's fight mm -hmm. together kind of uh, for Japan, the sake of Japan kind of thing, like kind of trying to uh, get everyone's spirits up. So there's lots yep. of celebrities saying, you know, like, no, we can do it. Don't give up, you know, those kind of things. So all the kind of stupid adverts that they usually have, you know, people being punched <laughs> in the face and animals jet skiing you know things like that none of those commercials are being shown at the moment which is very respectful and you know and also it uh you know i get less headaches watching tv now yeah no doubt, no doubt. So, less epile epileptic seizures that's always a good thing <laughs> yes. although i still do enjoy watching the odd episode of uh, epileptic uh, robot dx on uh, sundays great right. show so what do we got next danny last bit of news here um tokyo game show is being cut back um, just a bit this year. I don't know, like, exactly the extent of the damage, but I know, like, Makara Mese, the place where they hold, you know, the game show, and also tons of other stuff, too, it, it did suffer some damage. I'm, like I said, I'm not exactly sure of the, ex yeah, the extent, but, I mean, 
Well, it's yeah. also it's just power con- con- um, conserving, isn't it? I mean, ah, we're having power outages. Yeah. I mean, let's cross our fingers we don't have one during this podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, if we suddenly just cut, cut off, you know why. Um, so the I actually, I've seen the devastation at Kaihin. It is pretty bad because the mm-hmm. entire area is reclaimed land, which um, for those that don't know, that means it's basically built on uh, rubbish. <laughs> it's rubbish and just like any old junk um when japan used to use uh, landfills they just recycled all that rubbish they you know and they made land out of it basically so what happens when there's a huge earthquake this is just kind of like it just it there's nothing there it's, there's nothing like gluing it together so all the liquid from the sea just kind of just comes out the ground it's like the whole uh floor is just suddenly flooded out of nowhere it, even though it's nowhere near the sea so you just get all this like <laughs> this dirt and crap just kind of seeping out of the the drains and everything, and all and all <laughs> of that area around the Makari Messe where the the Tokyo Game Show is held is all just like you know just crap all over the floor, and all yeah. the, all the bricks and the walls are just kind of like just like toppled over or the bricks are all kind of uneven. So when <laughs> you're walking down the footpath, it's just like bricks just sticking out. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> They got a hell of a big cleanup to do there. I don't know how about the inside of the messe, but definitely the surrounding area mm-hmm. is a pretty pretty bad shape. Um, <laughs> well, either way, I mean, I, I would imagine that one of the, the biggest concern though is the the kakuten, right? The uh, the rolling blackouts mm-hmm. that they've been having mm-hmm. going on um, because they're they're really expecting uh, that in the summer it's it's going to get severe uh, with people trying to use air conditioning and everything, and just right. the, the Tokyo Tokyo power just not being able to supply all the electricity that's going to be demanded yeah because we're basically mm-hmm. we're running the country on one less power station you know a pretty huge power station so mm-hmm. no, nobody's mm-hmm. gonna no, everybody's using the same amount of energy with less power so. right and i'm pretty sure actually that it's not just uh the genpatsu ichi i'm pretty sure it's uh the the second one as well there's both there's actually two different nuclear power plants uh in that vicinity mm-hmm. and the one that's experiencing all the problems right now is uh, the first one, but then the second one as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that place has been evacuated, and that they're not actually running that plant right now either. Yeah. So, so when they say Fukushima Dai Ichi, it means right. like number one Dai Ichi, number right. one. Right. Exactly. Fukushima mm-hmm. number one, and then there's also Daini, right? Number two. Daini. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, <laughs> if uh, if you guys can remember from last year, I don't think them cutting back TGS is going to be uh, that much different <laughs> from last year's <laughs> dreadful experience. <laughs> oh man, yeah, there was nothing going on with Nintendo last year, and there was no there was no <laughs> excuse of an earthquake last year, so yep. uh, <laughs> not that much. Just difference. the impending launch of the 3DS, which I'm sure Nintendo had everybody on their NDA saying you couldn't show anything yet. So right. <laughs> Okay, oh, we've got some breaking news here, news just in. Uh, Matt actually just mentioned it uh, a few minutes ago. The sales figures, um, uh, last year, Sony came out on top in Japan. But the, the weekly sales, the 3DS weekly sales, the, it sold 61,000 in its first week, uh, or maybe that was the second week. This week it sold 50,000, wow. which, which still puts it at number one with the PSP was just behind with equally with 50,000 but it was there was, I think there was like 300 units between them. Oh wow. I mean it's just oh, wow. crazy. I mean the PSP is still going strong with uh, I think it was the Final Fantasy collection that Fun, Yeah. Right, there's Maybe a couple, fa- yeah, Final Fantasy 4. 
yeah. Final Fantasy Four, and then also uh, there was that Final Fantasy fighting game that just came out recently as well. Dissidia. Yeah. 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 And the only the 3DS games that made the top ten, uh, number three was this uh, Gundam 3D Battle uh, that just came out last month, and then number six was Professor Layton. Um, that's doing pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and Dogs and Cats were number eight, and then rounding up number ten was actually uh, Pokemon Black and White. Those are the, those are the only <laughs> Nintendo games in the top ten. Uh, on, only three were 3DS games. Uh, we haven't heard much about this Gundam 3D battle game. I mean, there's always a Gundam game at the at the beginning of every uh, console launch, right? Usually mm-hmm. terrible, <laughs> but sells <laughs> equally it sells well despite how crap it is. Much like the Mahjong games that come out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a Mahjong game. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, so now we're going to go into the reader mail section. Um, we can have this section because we've um, been getting some great questions from you guys, um, both on the forum, which is the uh, questions for the Japan crew forum, and also uh, sent to our email address, which is famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. And uh, just like to thank everybody who uh, sent in the question. And this first one... Uh, arrived by email. This, this was from a guy who actually won the competition from the previous uh, episode. This is from uh, Jake Lastvogel. And he says, um, I'm just writing to let you know that I received a package of awards for the contest. Thank you so much. I really wasn't expecting all of that. And the Nino Kuni bag makes me wish that they would localize it for the West. My condolences go out to all the people affected by the catastrophe in Japan. And I hope that when you guys have time that you'll do another Famicast. I would love to hear about these speciality game shops that you have over there. Well, you got one of your wishes there, Jake, because we are doing yeah. a second episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as for Nino Kuni being uh, localized, ok- Okamiden seems to be the swan song for the DS, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's a good question, man. I mean, uh, well, you know, it's 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 a work done with Studio Ghibli, right? So. It's a theory. huge effort to translate that. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. It, while it could garner you know, a decent audience, well, theoretically speaking, yeah, you're right, because the localization would just be absolutely ridiculous. I'm sure that they're probably not willing to put the money into it. That huge, um, that huge book that comes with it. I mean, I mean, Matt, you remember the book from the TGS show, right? Uh, yeah, the thing was sexy, man. Huge thing. Mm-hmm. To translate all of that, and the, the, I think it's got lots of voice acting as well and lots of text. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep, you're chances right, yeah. are slim, my friend. Unfortunately, which is a shame. Um, but uh, yeah, what about these speciality game shops um, that we have in Japan? I mean, I just picked up Oendan Two for a uh, great price at my local game shop. Um, I love going to these places. I mean, they've always got loads of cool secondhand mm-hmm. games, and yeah. many of them go back to you know Super Famicom era. Yep. Um, but at the very least, you're going to have loads of DS games, like second-hand games, and uh, you know, obviously Wii and everything, and lots of other kind of game merchandise to, and figures and stuff like that. I mean, they're just very cool places to to visit. 
I mean, from I don't know about the, in the States, but in the UK, we've got this, uh, this shop called Game. It's pretty much just new stuff. And, you know, maybe they've got a little section of like, you know, GameCube games or something like that. But uh, they definitely don't have much in the way of uh, older games. Yeah, that's definitely the or, biggest. Uh, merchandise, things like that. Definitely the biggest thing about well, the states. In the states, we do have you know used games stuff as well. But yeah, it doesn't go nearly as far back as as you get in the Japanese game shops, where you're lucky enough to see Super Nintendo and Nintendo games. Still, I think that's one of the greatest things. That was one of the biggest things, at least when I first came to Japan, was seeing that I could buy a Super Nintendo, you know, Super Famicom or a yeah. Famicom, and actually get games for it. Still, that was hot, man. Yeah, seriously, there are just so many cool stores here and. If anybody of you out there who has any kind of an interest, even remotely in older games, uh, it's heaven. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's it's really great. Yeah, no, Goldmine, and even yeah. more so if you can get out to like Akihabara or some place oh. that you know has has these really good like old, you know video game related stores. Because uh, like for instance, I mean you do have like the Super Potato and everything that that mm-hmm. is just like you know a mecca to classic gaming, which in and itself is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But even, for instance, uh, since you guys hit Akihabara recently, I don't know if you checked this out, but, like, you got the Dinky Guy exit, the Electric Town exit mm-hmm. of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, the Akihabara station. Right. And then if you walk about half a block on your left, there's a store that actually has a ton of really cool uh, video game merchandise that I've never seen anywhere else. Like, <laughs> for instance, uh, one of the big things that I always thought was really great was uh, there was the there were these Metal Gear, like, stickers that you could put on your iPhone. <laughs> it was it was it was basically like a, a cover but metal gear <laughs> metal gear it can't be and so uh they actually had those there and then uh this place also sells like for instance like mario's hat you can get a, a mario hat or you can get... <laughs> yeah they got one in super potato oh okay okay well i mean you can and so you can actually buy these at this store um hmm. they have a lot of really cool video game merchandise like and it's it's nice because it's kind of sectioned off like according to game so there's like a rack of all just like final fantasy stuff and a rack of all super mario brothers stuff a rack of a couple racks of monster hunter stuff since that stuff sells so well we could talk about um these game shops for like you know the entire episode <laughs> there's just so much so much to talk about mm-hmm. and so many things they got uh, let's move on to the next question danny this is from the forum and it's leroy pantweather he asks us Hey, could you describe Japan's arcade scene? Is it still thriving? Is it more of a retro machine type of thing? Or are people still flocking to play the latest stuff competitively at the arcade? Well, that's a good question because good. Uh, and me and Danny just actually, uh, we went to Akihabara and we were hanging out at the arcades, right? Yeah. Um, we played a few games there. And uh, I think he's, he's right there. there. There are lots of retro machines mm-hmm. always within the same uh, building as the newest uh, kind of competitive arcades, things like Street Fighter 4 and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, or Super Street Fighter 4. And uh, that's the coolest thing about J- Japanese arcades. They, they don't just kind of throw out the old machines immediately. They do keep um, a lot of the retro ones mm-hmm. uh, around for you to play. Right. And, um, and th- the crazy thing is that they're all the same price. Like the, whether you're playing the newest thing or an oldest thing, it's always a hundred yen. <laughs> oh, okay, you know, I've never really, I've never noticed that, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I mean, I mean, I don't know about in the states, but in the UK, you could play, you could pay up to like two pounds for like, you know, the latest thing. Like if it's a yeah. big cabinet with some, you know, crazy thing going on. Or, uh, but if you if you've got something older, maybe it's one pound, maybe it's fifty pence or something. But mm-hmm. I just like the kind of just the standard flat fare for everything. It's it's great. 
That is nice. Wow, I never really realized that. But yeah, I mean, people don't flock to the arcades per se. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's still there's still a crowd. I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get like the the kind of people who basically make it their their mission in life to go to the arcade every day, and you know, mm-hmm. like there will be people that are playing the you know latest competitive Street Fighter Four, what have you. But then they'll also there'll also be you know the old guy that for whatever reason he's just made it his lot in life to go to this arcade you know regularly and play i don't know whatever old game like a metal slug or something and just like go through that game you know playing it absolutely perfectly without dying and all that stuff and also you get these guys um sometimes older guys but sometimes younger guys like they're playing these um horse racing games (laughs) where like i mean there's one in uh, kaihin makahari actually i mean these things are huge you've got Mm -hmm. like about 12 tables and they're all looking at this massive projected screen you know and uh, everyone's kind of putting their cards. I think they they use cards, and uh, you kind of like you set all your settings on on your personal display, and then you watch the race happen on this huge screen. Mm-hmm. And you you get like old guys and young guys playing together. I mean, it's fascinating to watch. I mean, absolutely baffling if you try and attempt to play it yourself. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's definitely an interesting thing. And you've got other ver- versions like um, I think there's like Gundam. Uh, versions as well and all sorts of ones like these huge just like uh, half the arcade is just Mm -hmm. one game and they're all playing they're all like kind of networked together i mean you Mm -hmm. don't see that anywhere else i don't think some you know sometimes some of those like uh, bigger games like gundam even also too like mario kart as well sometimes they are a bit more expensive (laughs) too um they can be sometimes like 200 300 yen but usually it's never any more than that i've never seen any higher than that but um i mean you know like James was saying too, I mean, there are a lot of things that you still can play for a hundred yen, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but I tried playing one of the Gundam things before, and first it's like, okay, you got to go make this card. That costs like five hundred yen. Now you get to pay three hundred yen to play the game, and I don't know, something like didn't even work, so I just like wasted like eight hundred yen and couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even play. <laughs> oh, is that is that the one where you actually get in the unit? Yeah, it's like one of those ones. Yeah, I've um, seen those. Yeah, yeah, that's I, that's very kind of. I know it's kind of scary to look at that yeah. <laughs> from, the, hardcore, from the outside. Pretty hardcore. Yeah. I mean, these guys are like you know live and breathe Gundam. You know, they probably yeah. think it's real. <laughs> Wait, it isn't. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, I stepped in one of those things once, man, and I'll be honest, I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> it was it was cool, but like I didn't know what was going on at all. I didn't even know how I was supposed to move the damn thing. It's it's like that game Steel, Steel Battalion, Battalion. with that huge that. controller. It's kind of right. like that. It's like it's crazy. <laughs> But it's like you're fully immersed in the belly of the Gundam. You know, you jump in and shut the door. And it's like door. jumping into one of those machines from like the Matrix Revolutions or something. You like you actually get in <laughs> like a, a full size robot kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Th- this is this is a bit odd, but hey, you know, this is awesome. Are public bathrooms in Japan as weird as I hear? I recall in one of the One Ups podcasts that they were describing how one of the urinals of the bathroom was shaped like a clown face, and when you <laughs> peed in the in the clown, in it, the clown laughed at you and swayed its head. And when you finished, it flashed a camera as if it were taking a picture of junk. All in good fun, I presume. He says. Another feature they mentioned was that some of the bathrooms had sound had a sound tunnel of sorts. You can hear the women in the bathroom from the men's room. Oh, that's. That's there's sighted windows above the urinals on the other side of the window is the women's bathroom mirror. Can you confirm any of this, <laughs> or have you run into Whoa. any similar things? Um, I think somebody's been watching too much anime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've 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 never seen clowns peeing on well 
peeing on clown faces and then taking <laughs> pictures of your junk. That sounds awesome. Even though it's, even if it's not taking pictures oh, of your junk. God. But I, I've been I'm told to like, clown, so I'm pretty sure I would just like wet myself upon it. So. <laughs> Could be fun. Can you, can uh, you imagine that? Just like, you know, it's just networked to the internet. It's just all these pictures of people's junk like yeah. uploaded to a website. Of course, that's not real. Yeah. The, the, close, the closest thing I've, I've seen is um, actually in Sega World in, in Akihabara. <coughs> they've got like a game where when you pee on the, on the urinal, um, there is a kind of a target game, um, <laughs> which, is, which is cool. Um, but it doesn't, definitely doesn't take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he was saying that, that it flashed like it's taking a picture, but it's not. Oh, right. Yeah. Then that would be Just a... <laughs> Just psyching you out. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen any bizarre, bizarreness like that. I mean, just you know, the normal, nice Japanese toilets with the, the bidets and all that. That's all I've ever seen. You know, yeah. I, I went to a really cool bathroom at like um, an arcade, like a game center, kind of close to where I live, and uh, the bathroom was, it was really awesome. It was kind of like a cave. Um, mm-hmm. Every, it looked like a cave, and I, they were kind of, probably wasn't real stone, but it felt kind of like it, and um, like even had like these little streams in there. Like, you had to, like, walk over this little kind of river and stand on this little stone, and you're surrounded by water <laughs> up against a urinal. It was awesome. And you had to, like, watch your head because, like, sometimes like, the cave, like, you kind of swoop down a little bit, so you kind of have to be careful. But that was really awesome. Um, so sometimes you have just crazy stuff like that, which is just really cool stuff that I've never seen in the United States. Um, but <laughs> Okay, I, I think that's enough toilet talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So see, we we will tackle these weird questions sometimes, but we do we do prefer the game related questions, you know. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's Japan. It's 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 the Japan cast. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, find the cast. Fair enough. Voodoo from the forums asks, talk about your experiences with video game-themed bars. Did Matt ever get into that Dragon Quest bar? I'd like to hear general stories about Akihabara and such. And then he continues, or she, I'm sorry, I'm not really sure whether Voodoo would be here or she, I apologize for that. I think it's a he. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Well, in that case, what did you guys do when you first moved to Japan? I'm sure you went out and bought all sorts of random Japanese-exclusive Famicom and Super Famicom games, right? Anyone blow their entire paycheck on a copy of Radical Dreamers just because they could? Come to think of it, I really just want to hear about the retro scene in Japan. Well, uh, I did, uh, first of all, going back to that Dragon Quest bar deal, um, I did write a blog post about it, so if you want to check out the website, there you can hear all the details. But yeah, I did, I did go to the Dragon Quest bar when it first opened up. At the time, I happened to be working um, where, right over by where it was there in Opongi. And uh, I just kind of made up a point of it just to kind of take a stroll out that way every day just because, you know, I wanted the exercise. And eventually I finally got in there. You had to get, you know, a, a ticket uh, in order to go in. You can't just, like, walk in. Uh, it's it's kind of a – well, because it's a theme bar, you actually have to get a ticket. And then they, they only let in a certain number of people per, uh, you know, uh, one or two hours, I believe. <laughs> and so they kind of take you in as if, as if it's a tour. And they give you this explanation <laughs> that – 
yeah, this is Luida's bar and uh, yada yada yada. Dragon Quest, something or other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it? Is it just a bar, like only drinks? No, well, I mean, you can drink there. Truth be told, it's it's more of a, a themed restaurant than a bar. Um, okay. What did you, you get? Did you get a slime cocktail? <sighs> we didn't eat a whole lot. We uh, we ended up getting a couple of appetizers. Um, one was this. Uh, what was it? It was it was some kind of like uh, roast beef or something to that effect, and it was of <laughs> course it was you know this Dragon Quest themed, and then of mm-hmm. course there was also uh, the uh, meat buns, ah. uh, the, in the in the shape of the slime from Dragon <laughs> Quest. <laughs> nice. And so we had those. I mean, the, the bar itself, you know, it had all this this fun like you know Dragon Quest themed uh, merchandise and whatnot, kind of line uh, you know decorating the walls and whatnot. Uh, but unfortunately, the food itself was—it was just like way too expensive for what it was. I mean, basically, there was there wasn't really any chef or anything there. It was just these kind of guys like standing behind the bar and like if you ordered food, then like they'd kind of like nuke it. They'd put microwaved. No, yes. awesome. Yes, yes. And, uh, they had they had like fun like uh, um, Dragon Quest themed like alcoholic drinks and whatnot, cocktails and whatnot, and they those looked pretty cool. But all the same, but all you know, when it comes down to it, it was not worth uh, me like you know having to go out like early in the morning to get a ticket to go to the stupid place for lunch and then uh, you know paying the paying the money for you know microwave food. <laughs> that's that's quite exploitative, isn't it? I mean, they know how many Dragon Quest fans there are, and and they know that they'll pay anything to get in and you know buy these this food so well and in particular it's funny because uh there were there were a couple of regulars sitting around us and that's that's what it made me it regulars. was obvious to me yes there were regulars and i, I think and goes, the usual yes i i literally think that there, me. there are these dragon quest otaku that are so obsessed that they literally go into the bar regularly and they they talk to the the waitresses and whatnot as if they're on a first name basis <laughs> so that was a bit interesting Crazy. for me yeah. well uh, that reminds me, Matt. There was a place we were going to check it out, but unfortunately, we we ran out of time and we couldn't um, we couldn't go in the end. But they did a they did a monster hunter bar, didn't they? Was it down in Kamakura? Yeah, yeah, oh, Kamakura. <laughs> we just missed out on that, didn't we? Yeah, I really yeah, would like to cool. see that. Yeah, that kind of looked nice. They had like a little coffee shop and everything, right? Yeah, it was like right on the beach, right? It was maybe yeah. it was a summer summer only thing, right? Yeah, yeah it was exactly. Know. It was a summer only thing. Yeah. That's Maybe we can do it this year if they do it again or something. But, I yeah. hope so, yeah. So the second part of the question, um, well, I I was going to buy a Famicom and a Super Famicom when I first got here. Um, but when I met my then-girlfriend, uh, she actually had both systems in her cupboard. <laughs> and <laughs> she was, she was kind of like going through all this stuff to kind of throw out. And she was like, oh, like, do you want this? I'm like, I'm like, what? And I looked in the cupboard, and it's like a Famicom, Super Famicom, and loads of games. I was like, oh, Man, whoa. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. So, yeah, I kind of inherited that. Then, yeah, I've been looking for, like, uh, cool Super Famicom games ever since then. And my mission every time I go to Akihabara is always to find a nice boxed copy of Super Mario Collection, a.k.a. Super oh, Mario nice. All-Stars. Actually, me and Danny found one uh, the other day, but it was crazily expensive. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it like 4000 or something? Something 5, like 000? that. And that's, yeah. uh, I, I found one actually here in my town for like 1500 yen. I, yeah. This store is just oh, ridiculous. Wow. They always sell box stuff really cheap, so I buy it all the time. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want it, but not that much. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, there'll be something sure. else to be fun to talk about at some point. Is is you know what is it we've been looking for, or trying to buy? You know. Yeah. 
your mission since you got here. Yeah, yeah so um, I got all the, the, the Donkey Kong Country games, so they're called Super Super Donkey Kong in, oh, nice. in, in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I'm kind of like rebuying my, my past uh, catalog of games that I had when I was younger. Because uh, I unfortunately, one of my biggest regrets in life was actually selling my SNES and its games. And, uh, <sighs> I think that was to put money towards my N64. Uh, but damn, I've regretted that decision. So I'm kind of like rebuying my original collection, so to speak. <laughs> Man, I know exactly. You know, I had a similar experience because when I was a kid, I, I had this really freaking awesome collection of Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went through a phase where I was a big fan of Killer Instinct and Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcade. Hell yeah. <laughs> and so in order to get money to play that, I ended up selling some of my like favorite Super Nintendo games at the time. No. And wow. so just to play it in the arcade? That. Yes, oh, yes, just to play in the arcade. That's how <laughs> hardcore it was. About it. So but Mortal Kombat 2 was fantastic on this NES. Oh, yeah, but, well, I mean, this is obviously before it came out on the Super Nintendo. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's one thing I will always, always regret, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, when I, the first thing I did when I got to Japan was, at the time, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced was just coming out on GBA. That was the first time I came <laughs> to Japan. Mm -hmm. So uh, nice. the first thing I bought when I came to Japan was a copy of that, and then... Um, in addition to that, I ended up, when I saw that I could buy a Super Famicom for really cheap, I ended up pick, picking that up, and then just you know, several games. So uh, at the time, I was just coming to study in Japan for a couple months. And mm -hmm. when I was, by the time I left, I ended up uh, sending a whole box of uh, old Super Nintendo games and, and my Super Famicom back to America. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, there's, there is one problem with buying these Super Famicom games. Um, I don't know if you guys have run into this problem, but it's the battery backup saves. Ah. I mean, okay. in my copy of uh, Super Donkey Kong at DK Country, I, I did 101% on that, and I just turned it on recently, and all my save games say zero. Oh, that's a Sweet. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there must be a place in Akihabara that does, like, battery replacements. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I think I could even do it myself. Yeah, you I can. I've, I've seen tutorials online. It's... It, <sighs> I don't know. I, don't I, mean, know. I just could, don't want to ruin my game. <laughs> yeah, you could potentially screw stuff up pretty bad, but uh, <laughs> oh, be can, careful. Yeah, yeah, you can fix it. Um, yeah. Like actually, we had the same problem. My younger brother, he has um, Super Mario RPG, and God, it probably wasn't even like five years old, and the save battery just stopped working. <laughs> That's so, the only problem with these uh, retro games, right? Yeah. I mean, the N64. I think if you buy any N64 game, we're still within, you know, the the amount of years it takes for a battery to die, right? I think we're still okay. Yeah. Maybe in the next maybe in the next, I don't know, four or five years old N sixty four games will start to have the same problem. Yeah. But yeah. definitely for Super Famicom games it's a problem. And it's definitely Famicom games. <laughs> yeah. No, that'll happen, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a single original Famicom battery still working right now. <laughs> that's why that's why initiatives such as the virtual console are so important, you know, mm -hmm. being able to, to keep these experiences so that we can play we not only we, but you know, the future generations, if you will, will be able to enjoy these games in the future and see what, you know, really uh, how the video game industry after, you know, suffering its first uh, collapse in the early eighties, you know, all these incredible gems that came out after that. Yeah, you know, whenever um Whenever I first got here, you know, like you guys too, I'd, I kind of went a little bit crazy buying stuff. Um, it, that was around the, it was like 2006, um, before the week, like months and months before the week came out, like in the summer. So I found like tons of like cool, just Japanese games, like Jam with the Band, um, Jump Superstars on the DS. So I bought those. Um, and then just like, I found like a bunch of old, like cool, like collector's edition Dreamcast stuff. 
So for like cheap. So I like filled my suitcase up with so much crap, and like I don't know how I managed to fit the weight restriction, but uh, I made it. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, you took advantage of it, man. That's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then actually, you know, one thing that I'm looking for, kind of hardcore, is uh, a Nintendo 64 disc drive. Um, oh, yeah. nice. God, I, I remember when they first started talking about it, like back, like you know, back in like '99, '98. I was like, oh my god, this is so awesome. And um, then it never came out in the United States. Yeah, right. yeah I remember they had one at Super Potato in Akihabara for like a good two years, but it was like marked up at like fifty thousand yen, like at the oh, time wow. like so five hundred, yeah, five hundred bucks. And it came, it went down to like forty six hundred or forty. And then like I went back one day and it was just gone. Damn it! Yeah, I know. The one thing that I've always looked for at like Super Potato that I've always wanted to buy was uh, the elusive Virtual Boy. I'm, I know it's ridiculous. Ah. I know it sounds yeah. ridiculous, but what, who would want to buy a Virtual Boy? But that's really the only <laughs> Nintendo system that I don't have. So mm-hmm. I'd like to. Complete Do they have my one? Then? They have you know, one. Of, they have a playable one. They have a playable one. I haven't seen a boxed one. Or I haven't even seen the games for it. Well, I mean, sometime last rare, year, right? last year I was walking around Akihabara with my wife, and uh, we happened to go into a couple different game stores, and there was one that had a Virtual Boy for about uh, Hassan, and so it was about eighty bucks or so. At the time, she's like, "Oh, go ahead and buy it." And I was, I was kind of playing. You know, I really wanted to buy it, but on the other hand, you know, I was like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, we don't have a whole lot of room in our apartment, so I, I was kind of hesitant." Yeah. So I still haven't <laughs> bought it, but I'd like to. Yeah. Luckily, one of my good friends back in America just gave me his Virtual Boy with like six games, and that was nice. awesome. So it just that is a good and, friend. Yes. <laughs> and so are they, are they multi-region, like region-free? I think so. I think That's so. Cool. But well, I don't know. Does it cl- is it classified as a as a handheld, like a Game Boy type <laughs> thing? Because they never had it's, region coding, right? But yeah, I don't know. it's it's, it's in between. Yeah, it's its own. <laughs> thing. It's classified as yeah as a hobby, as a toy, according yeah, to Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but aren't toys fun? Um, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, there. So, what, what was the last part of that question, Danny? Well, the... I'm glad you asked. Uh, I'm not Danny, oh, Matt, but I'll, I'll take it all the yes. same. Uh, <laughs> Voodoo's last comment was, ooh, and love hotels. We want to hear about those, too. <laughs> right. Love hotels. Have you guys ever been to one? Maybe. <laughs> Danny has, haven't you? You have, haven't you? Am I the only one? No, no, no. You're not the only one, dude. But okay. I... I Myself, I had only actually first been to one fairly recently, uh, mm-hmm. about a, a year or two ago now, when, uh, with, when I started dating my wife. Mm-hmm. We uh, we kind of didn't have much of a choice because we weren't really uh, in a position where we could, you know, enjoy <laughs> being alone, <laughs> being alone mm-hmm. together and uh, anywhere. So yeah, we ended up uh, going to a couple of hotels. You know, they're nice. They're nice places. Yeah. Um, shoot, some of them are nicer than like regular hotels. I imagine like some yeah, some might have like karaoke in there and uh, just I don't know, it's really nice. And, and some of them are pretty crazy, like Hello Kitty themed or like you know Ultraman themed or something like that, right? That's scary. There's, there's one. There's one right near a school near to where I live. <laughs> Can you believe that? There's like there's like a school and then opposite there's like a love hotel. It's it's on the way to wow. Kaihin Makahari actually. You guys have probably past it um it's in the shape it's in the shape of a ufo it's like like a huge flying saucer um with windows all around the edge and yeah it's just called the ufo hotel (laughs) interesting how about you how about you james have you have you ever been to any of those at any point no that's the closest i've ever got to one is uh passing by it every day on the way to work Ah, i see i see (laughs) fair enough 
<laughs> I mean, do you pay, do you pay by the hour? Is that how it works? Or is, can you pay for a night? Or? You could do both. Yeah, you could do both. I believe. Um, and f if you're gonna stay for the night, from where where I had gone in like Shibuya, for instance, in Ikebukuro, uh, usually the night the night prices didn't start until about midnight or so. So, okay. and then from midnight until I forget when, maybe nine or ten a.m. Something to that effect. You could you could stay. So. Okay, so that about wraps up the uh, listener mail section. So thank you guys, and please keep sending them in to famicast at nintendoworldreport.com and find us on the forums. Send us some interesting questions. Look forward to hearing from everybody. Eh? Okay, so uh, just to wrap things up, we'll go into the competition. Now, this, uh, this episode, we've got a very exciting prize. We've only got one prize this time. Uh, no More Heroes 2 soundtrack. Um, we got this from our friends at uh, Grasshopper. Now, to win this, answer this question. As of this month, April 2011, how old is Suda Goichi, the uh, creator of uh, No More Heroes? Now, the catch is you've got to answer in Japanese. Now, when I say in Japanese, I don't mean send as a kanji. I mean, you can write it out in, uh, in, in an English alphabet. Send your answers to Famicast at NintendoWorldReport.com. Put the subject heading as Famicast Competition. And you can win that uh, awesome soundtrack. Nice, nice. So that about wraps it up. Uh, thanks, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. And uh, if you want us to come back, uh, send us some feedback. <laughs> what did you enjoy and what didn't you enjoy? And we'll try to improve with each uh, going episode. Please rate RFN and the Famicast on iTunes. And uh, please check out the other podcasts we have, a Nintendo World Report, Radio Trivia, and the Newscast. Both awesome shows. Mm. If you can, please uh, donate to the Red Cross either directly or by um, buying that album that we mentioned at the beginning of the show. That would be very, very cool and much appreciated uh, to everyone in Japan. I'd also like to thank 8-Bit Weapon for letting us use their awesome music for our theme song for the show, which you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. Uh, please go to their website, 8bitweapon.com, and buy their awesome music. Uh, you can get albums and all sorts of cool merchandise as well. So, I'd like to uh, finish things there. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, buddy. And thank you, Danny. No problem. Been a pleasure. See you guys later. side effect you could you could stay so can you pay by the minute i mean i don't want to waste money here right <laughs> 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 oh james you just totally set yourself up man <laughs> <laughs> okay then <laughs> that about wraps up <laughs> jesus uh, and reset <laughs>